Hey everyone, this is RJ Thompson joining you for another episode of the City View podcast. I'm sitting in uh, Pressed Coffee over on Lincoln Avenue on the edge of campus with Brandon Kovach, and he's going to tell you a little bit about himself, but uh, let me describe the scene for you, because you probably hear some voices in the background. There are two very loud girls uh, behind us, and I think they heard me just say that, and uh, there's an elderly couple to our left, and... um, I don't know what they're talking about, and it's probably for the best because I would be eavesdropping otherwise, and that's rude. So, at any rate, um, say hello, Brandon. Hey, how are you guys doing? This is Brandon Kovach. Uh, like RJ said, we're sitting at Press Coffee Shop right now, so we're going to make the absolute best of this. But I have two companies that are coming to Youngstown. I brought them from the uh, city of Akron back to Youngstown because I grew up here. My first is called Accelerated Social, which has a uh, pioneering software that we utilize to get drastically different reach on social media advertisements and um, could actually be used for Google, although we don't target it that way. And my second is called Charitable Check-In, which actually incites people to check in or leave reviews on your business network pages in order to then trigger a donation to a different charity every month. Which company came first? Accelerated Social came first. Yeah. In fact, we came up with the idea for charitable check-in because um, there's a company out there that does something very similar, and we were going to utilize them to advertise Accelerated. And then when I was researching it, I quickly realized that when they said they donated 30% of their revenue to charity, there was absolutely no way, and it kind of infuriated me. And uh, that's how the idea came to be, that we said, you know, we're going to do this, compete with this, and do a transparent model and people think I'm nuts because I'm technically running two companies which I am I absolutely am my hair has actually started graying in the last six months any sleepless nights yet oh absolutely I'm two pots of coffee a day deep um, every day so start up life in Youngstown everyone yeah exactly but it is really rewarding and then of course the other alternative is the reality that at some point accelerated social is going to be bought out Whereas charitable check-in is something that I can continue to do for the rest of my life. And uh, I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to keep the main focus on is the reality of the situation is that Accelerated is going to grow too big for me. Um, but my goal is to make sure that it never grows too big for Youngstown, that even if we sell it out, they maintain the operations here. Um, but charitable check-in will probably be my 30-year career path or longer. So uh, with the first company, uh, it's like one for the bank account, the other for the soul. Right. Yeah, it really is. Um, not to say that charitable check-in doesn't have a, a great potential to make money as well, um, but we donate a flat 50% goes straight to charity, and then we do some advertising with it as well. So really, you're getting $110 worth of advertising for $99 a month. Um, which is kind of what we want to do is incentivize these things and kind of give a whole new meaning to social media. So uh, how old are you? 25. I'll be 26 July 1st. Not too many 25, soon to be 26-year-olds in Youngstown are starting their own businesses, let alone owning two. Um, How do you feel about that? You know, people say that all the time, but you'd be amazed how many young entrepreneurs there really are here. Um, One of my best friends actually has a candle company. I have a good friend who has her own wine label here. Um, Some of them are younger than me. 
I think there's a lot of people in our generation that have decided that they're going to truly forge their own path and take their you know side hobbies in, into making a business out of it because they kind of realize, hey, we're already $100,000 in debt. We're already living in our parents' basement. Um, you know, what do, we have, what do we have to lose? Um, so I do think there's a lot of young people that are doing it. I don't know how many of them would take on two tasks at one time. I do I recognize that I'm insane. I do. Um, well, you're in good company because I've owned two companies at the same time. Um, and I'm actually on my fourth company right now. Um, I sold the previous three. So I know all about those sleepless nights and why exactly it is you, you may have more white hair. You've surpassed gray. Like, I don't have gray. It just went straight to white. Uh, why you may have more white hair than, than brown or black or whatever. So I know exactly where you're coming from. You know, I was just joking the other day because I said, I don't care what color it turns as long as it's there. But my problem is it's, it's only the sideburns. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time before I look like Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos. Oh, man, that would be fantastic. In fact, I would, I would make a, a suggestion. You should actively pursue the, wall, the Polly Walnuts. Uh, it, it's like <laughs> Temple it's Gray, really yeah. Every day I see more, and I'm like, it's just in my sideburns. Like, would just one on the top of my head go white already? Because it's, yeah. it's just sideburns, and it's 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 strange. But my hair's not thinning; it's all there. It's just all turning white. You're right. It goes. There's no gray. It's it's pure snow white. Um, I blame the caffeine. I do. You know what? The caffeine may have a lot to do with it. Um, you should probably cut down. I've been meaning to tell you, by the way, <laughs> two pots of coffee. That's that's a significant amount. Um, such is the life of an entrepreneur, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've tried to cut down, and I quickly realized that if I do, I fall way too far behind on work. Then I end up having to overcompensate and overcaffeinate. So. Vicious cycle. You can't escape it. Right. So, so Brandon, why did, you, uh, why did you choose Youngstown? Or did Youngstown choose you? You know... I think it was a little bit more of Youngstown shows me. Um, you know, I grew up here, and I went away. I moved to Akron, then I moved to Columbiana County, and then I came back. And uh, there's no place like home, number one. Number two, I, I had started my business in Akron. And um, it wasn't a warm and friendly business environment like I found here. And then the cost of doing business here, I have a beautiful office space in the Huntington Bank building that I pay $210, or I'm sorry, $249 a month for. That's ridiculous. I mean, you cannot do that anywhere else. I do. I think Youngstown is prime for young entrepreneurs. I'm amazed to see how many young people are moving back into the city all of a sudden. But I really do think, I mean, if you wanted to start a business on a small budget, and quit your, you know, and, and quit your job and try to get ahead, or even get the smallest loan possible. You could, you can make it here. Like, unlike anywhere else. I mean, you could not find an office space in Akron for less than five hundred dollars a month. And if you did, you would want to go out and buy a bulletproof vest on your way to work. I mean, I have a beautiful office here for two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Um, you really can't beat that. I mean, the uh, the location. Uh, and the availability to like prospective clients or existing clients, uh, even the proximity to the university, you've got culture, you've got the business side of things. Um, I had a, I had my own office in downtown Pittsburgh, and it was five fifty a month, and I thought like, oh my god, that's ridiculous! I'm making it's a really great deal. 
but it was just one tiny room. Um, so, you know, fortunately with you, you've got the best of everything, really. Yeah, we have, um, it's, I mean, it's 320 square feet. I have my own office that's a decent size. And then my back room, we actually have space for eight. Right now, we're utilizing a lot of interns. Uh, the goal is to start hiring people full-time, but I do like having that opportunity to let students learn, um, you know, hands-on, and then to see how they work hands-on before giving them any offers as well. So we have the opportunity and the space to have eight interns in our back room comfortably. I mean, you, you really can't beat that. You've got an army of interns at your disposal. Yeah, right now we actually only have one intern for the summer, which amazed me. Uh, we had four in the fall. I always thought more kids would want to do their internships during the summer. Um, but I do got to say, it's really neat that we're getting interns from Ohio University, Kent State, um, Case Western. You know, kids who graduated from high schools in the area and came home for a summer, they're taking a semester off. A lot of people think, oh, you're just getting, you know, Youngstown State interns. To be honest with you, I don't think we've had a single Youngstown State intern yet. Not that I'm prejudiced to that. Sure. But uh, we had a lot of kids reach out to us because they're hearing about what's going on in Youngstown, even in Cleveland, which I think is awesome. Um, You know, that's the power of them being more in tune and the social media aspect of it as well. But when I see people want to send in a, you know, a resume and and get an internship because they're going to be in town, I think it's great to see that they're actually thinking about businesses in Youngstown, too. Yeah, there's a bit of a bias there, at least with some Youngstown State students, where they think, oh, well, there's nothing here that is going to pertain to my interests, career-wise or otherwise. I need to look elsewhere. So... Like I teach graphic design, and there are a myriad of opportunities here for my graphic designers, but they don't take it as seriously because it's Youngstown. It's what they know. It's you know, it's that thirteenth grade kind of mentality. And when they elevate beyond that, they realize, oh my gosh, there's some really great stuff going on here. I've had some students overcome that hurdle, and they end up getting jobs, like down at YBI with a portfolio company, or like you, they start their own practice. Um, and unfortunately, I've found that like by the time they learn that lesson, sometimes it's a bit too late. You know, so hearing about uh, students at, at competing universities coming here and investing in Youngstown is just is, is wonderful. Yeah, um, you know, well, I think that goes back to in, in life and in business, everybody's going to make mistakes. I'm sure, certainly not short of that. Um, I don't think any students are either. I had my internship in college. I actually I have did my bachelor's work. I had two bachelor's area programs, uh, political science and criminal justice with a minor in computer security administration. So my internship that I did in college was literally me and my best friend hanging out in an office all day, drinking beer and watching TV, instead of getting the hands-on training that probably would have changed the course of my life, uh, which now I look back on and thank fondly that I didn't end up stuck in a you know, $50,000 a year job working for somebody else because I don't care how much money I'm making, I answer to no one, and that's priceless. But at the same time, you know, for so many students that don't know what they want to do yet in life, that internship can mean everything to them. They need the guidance. Right, they do. And I got to say, uh, YBI is absolutely phenomenal. The first time I went in there and met with them, 
And we're not a portfolio company of YBI. I, I know we're on their radar. They know we exist. We know they exist. Um, I don't think that we've developed enough to really take to them and say, you ought to help us. You know, we're still in, in the infant stages, in my, in my personal opinion. But what YBI does for this city is absolutely amazing. Um, it's, it's like for, for techies, walking into that building and getting a tour is like going to the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. I mean, you have no idea what's going on in there. But I got to say, seriously, I wish like WFMJ would do like an hour-long special of it and just tour because everybody who lives here should be so proud that we have that. On that note, very serious. What part of the chocolate factor are we talking about here? <laughs> like, is it going to be the, the river uh, that they take the boat and they go through, like, the kaleidoscope darkness? Or uh, is it more like the, the frolicky spring-like? You know, I, I, I got to say, <laughs> I think it's probably more like the Laffy Taffy stretching room. You never yes. see it. <laughs> you know, you don't see it, but, but you see everything get pulled back into place. And that's the thing. I don't think enough people are seeing what's going on there, but they do see that the whole area is expanding a little bit and a little bit. And I think a lot of it has to do with what's, <clears throat> what's truly being incubated in, in that building. Thank you for bringing my silliness, silliness back to reality and constructing a very apt metaphor uh, as a result. Yeah, I mean, I speak fluently sarcasm, metaphors, <laughs> and, and cuss words, um, as, as with any tech entrepreneur. So I'm actually amazed um, when you hear you know, people that are very successful in the industry and you hear the way they talk, it reminds me of Wolf of Wall Street when he says, if you ever want to, you know, hear what Wall Street sounds like, go to a trading room and this, that, and the other thing. But it, some people really are a little bit crass, but they get their point across, um, which is a whole new different idea of marketing in my book because I try to be poignant when I get my point across and, and do it with dignity. And uh, it's amazing to me sometimes how uncultured some successful people could be uh, you know without bashing too much look at the president of the United States it's a perfect example of that but people love that brashness um, and I, I find that it works for some people but I'm amazed when you see some of these tech conventions and stuff and you'll get it behind the scenes and see these guys the way they talk to their assistants and stuff like that I'm like oh goodness yeah, I'm guilty of that a little bit today, specifically because I'm behind on a deadline for a client, and I have I have designers that that work under me, <clears throat> and one of them has like a very awful awful case of the flu, and I told him, I don't care if you're dead and buried in the ground, I will resurrect you to make sure that you deliver your files to my other graphic designer so that we can make deadline. So yeah, it's a bit brutal, but it does get the point across. You know, I, I, I try to not operate on deadlines whatsoever. Lucky. I, just, I know that I'm not going to meet them. I put the pro in procrastination, um, and it, it's probably my biggest flaw. It's one of those things that I'm always working on is just saying, do we, do we even bother do this, or do I give it a deadline because I will do it the night before? Yeah. Um, and I, I was laughing because I guess that's a trait that everyone in my family has inherited. My sister just graduated as valedictorian Saturday, and I asked her Thursday if she had her speech written yet. And she goes, no. So 
about 11 o'clock Friday night, I'm downstairs and I go, do you have it done yet? And she goes, no. She had written that speech within eight hours of having to give it in front of her entire graduating class. I'm like, well, I guess everybody in our family inherited something from me and Haley got my procrastination. How was the speech? It was good. It was really good. I hadn't heard it before she uh, she gave it. She remembered to give me a shout out, which was important. Um, she thanked uh, you know Fernando of Wedgwood Pizza for all the contributions to her life that he gave, um, which I think everybody in Youngstown could uh, agree that at some point in time, pizza is part of your life. Um, so, no, it it was good. It was inspiring. It made me hungry. I think it did what it was meant to do. Well, it's great. So working under pressure in your family really gets results. Yeah, I've always been that way. Um, I think I do my best work under pressure. Even when I was in high school, I was on speech on deba- speech and debate team, and I can remember my coach you know, just eye-rolling at me because I would be writing my cases on the way to the tournament that other people had been practicing with for a month. Um, but as long as I delivered a trophy, it didn't matter. Right. Had I had a bad day, it would have been a whole different scenario, I'm sure. But uh. So do you, uh, you married, have a girlfriend, family? Um, I'm not married. I do have a girlfriend. Uh, we have actually been friends since I was 10 years old, so we went to high school together. Wonderful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a unique situation. She has a little girl, too, so we make that work. Um, and she actually uh, recently quit her job to come help me out because I was double booking things. Um, obviously, she's concerned about my health. Seriously speaking, it's the you need to cut back the coffee, you need to eat. I, I, I sometimes forget to eat. It'll be like midnight. I'm like, I haven't eaten today. All I've done is drink coffee all day. I've been there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the lifestyle. It's like you never graduated college, you never left, because it, it's constantly finals week in our world. Um, that's the only way I can describe it, is it is always finals week in the entrepreneur world. I think you just described someone's version of hell. You know, I think there's a lot of people that that would be hell for, and there's a lot of people that it's normal for, and that's what makes or breaks entrepreneurs is how, how much do you decide that you're willing to put into it. And I'm not saying that you know I'm going to be able to do this at 30 years old, but my thing is if I put, it, if I put that time in now, hopefully someday I'll be able to take a little bit off my plate every step of the way until eventually we could have a nice life-work balance again. So, I mean, that's, that's the dream is to have a life-work balance that we just can't afford to have right now, literally and figuratively in the business model. You know, one, one of the things that I always respected with some entrepreneurs is they decide to take a sabbatical. So, uh, and that's actually a very, very, very hard thing to do for an entrepreneur, especially if, you, if you've established a company. So, like, you know, you, you get your company established and you've got employees and you get it to a point where if you step back for a couple of days, it'll be just fine. But even pulling back, it's, like, very difficult. Um, you should take a sabbatical when, when you can. You know, like, just take a year off. Uh, of course, your company will be valued at millions of dollars at that point, And, you know, money might not necessarily be a thing, but, uh, you know... That's that's one that's one thing that I've heard of uh, a lot of tech startup guys do. 
uh, especially after they've established their companies. Do you find it would be hard for you to pull away in that respect? I'm actually not going to have a choice on that. Um, what I'm doing um, is pursuing a master's in finance and business through Harvard. Uh, through the Harvard Extension School, I was accepted to do it, and I've put it off, and I will continue to put it off, but I'm going to go back and, and get the master's degree. Um, and the Extension Studies program will require me to take some time and actually go to Boston to finish the program and get a full degree and graduate like every other Harvard student. Um, so I'm not going to have a choice within three, four years in order for me to get my master's degree because my dream has always been to get a Ph.D. and teach preferably at YSU. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the retirement plan is to get the PhD and teach what I love to teach, but also take my life experience and, and give it back to the next generation. So, you know, it, it's a long-term thing, but yeah, within next three to four years, I'm going to have to take a couple of months, go to Boston, and there's no way that I'm going to be able to focus on, you know, getting my master's as well as running two businesses. There's just absolutely no way. Do you have a business partner? Yeah, we have a couple, um, the way you would describe partners. I actually have a business advisor who has equity in my company, who was the personal assistant to Mark Andreessen at one time, um, and one of the original founders of Netscape and Snapfish. Um, so he's tremendous. And then I have a business partner who helped me come up with the idea for charitable check-in and also owned some equity. Um, Unfortunately, it goes back to that type A personality type. I have a very difficult time delegating anything. Um, we work very well together when it comes to making decisions on how to market stuff. But for the most part, I like to take the lead and, ju and just do it. Um, and I utilize my partner's resources more than anything as a mental resource of saying, hey, I have this idea how do we implement it? Because she's been experienced with a lot of tech startups that I haven't. This is, a, this is a totally new world for me. I just had this idea, decided it was worth pursuing, and I, I still wake up every morning thinking, am I actually doing this? Like, when, when am I going to wake up from this and realize that, you know, it was all a dream? Because I just had some crazy idea and said, hey, there's, there's a flaw in the way, you know, Facebook and Google ranks people that are bidding for their advertisements. I have no background in graphic design or coding. Mm -hmm. I self-taught myself all of that. Um, so it, it's, it's remarkable to me that I'm doing this. And I think it's amazing to other people. My dad still asks me all the time, how the hell did you come up with that? You know, how the hell did you do this? Where did this come from? And, and I don't have an answer. I'm like, you know, Moses came down from Mount Sinai and handed it to me because that I don't know. It's just one day. It just the light bulb went off, and I just went with it. So, with all that being said, you're you're doing the master's. You're doing Harvard Extension, which I'm just curious how that works. But you don't have to tell me. We, I've completely yeah. I've completely put that off for now. I, I'm guaranteed acceptance. Um, now is that like online classes? Yeah, it's, stri okay. it's strictly online for the first two and a half years of the program. Um, most people actually think it's harder than tr the traditional route, which I would have to agree with in, in a lot of respects. Um, and now they're really pushing, because it used to be that you would get a master's in extension studies and not really a defined 
masters of what you studied. So there's like a, I don't want to call them a civil rights group, but yeah, there, there's like a civil rights group going on to say, hey, we paid for the entire degree. We sat at the same classes, let us have. Right. But yeah, it's basically a power technology, video screening. Um, okay. The computer actually monitors that you're in front of it. Um, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, your your webcam monitors that you're in front of it, which is awful for me because being a guy who studied criminal justice and computer security administration, you can imagine that I tape over all of my sure all my cameras on all my devices. So I'm like, I gotta take this tape off and unmarker it and everything else. But yeah, I. Um, had a professor who had worked at Halliburton, and the stuff he told us was enough to make you never want to walk out of your house. So, do tell. I'm trying to think of some of the more crazy stories that he had, but basically they would imply that almost all of our technology is constantly monitored for certain keywords and, and so on and so forth, and that there are over a thousand possible terrorist attacks thwarted every day in this country. Wow. Um, which tells you the power of our intelligence community, number one. But number two, my philosophy is if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to hide. I, on the other hand, am just really uncomfortable with, you know, the, the joke that your microwave is listening to you. But yeah, it, everything that you do, you, you could actually find how much your iPhone tracks on you. Um, which... I'm lucky for because we could in turn use all those insights and in marketing demographics, which is amazing how much. Use the system against itself, basically. Yeah, it's amazing how much we could target people based on their interests and so on, um, their income levels, their education levels. All that general data that people used to pay a fortune for is at our general disposal now. At your disposal to convert into profit. Well, exactly. Um, but, you know, pe people have a message to sell, and traditional advertising isn't doing it anymore. Uh, you know, why send postcards to a 1,000 houses when you only need to hit 12 of them, when we could target that exact 12 people based on their demographics and the target data on Facebook for a buck? Um, you know, why spend $1,000 for what you could do for $100 and probably have better results? Absolutely. So uh, we're kind of uh, ending at our time here. So um, it's been great talking to you. Do you have any, any parting thoughts for any uh, prospective Youngstown-based entrepreneurs or uh, any lovers of Youngstown by default? You know, I think my biggest thing is we've seen the older generation who's waiting for the steel mills to come back. I tell people all the time, there is no reason that 20 years from now, what people think of Silicon Valley will not be Youngstown, all over the country. When people think of technology growth, I think they'll be thinking of Youngstown 20 years from now because there's nowhere else that you can go, take your idea and turn it into a vision and a dream like Youngstown. Because like I said, you could start an office here for next to nothing. Um, you know, you could find the resources, you could find the people, you could find the grant opportunities. Um, there is no resource that's not available anywhere in the world that's here except for the cost of living and the cost of doing business is so cheap that I think Youngstown's the only place the American dream is truly still alive. I really do. 
I would agree with that, actually. Um, you know, it, it used to be the belief that if you worked a 40-hour work week, you know, you were honest and you did everything right, you could get ahead in life, you could afford a house. But I know people have good-paying jobs that work a 40-hour work week and are still in over their head, especially if you went to college and you already walk out $100,000 behind paying interest on that. Um, you know, this is, the only, this is truly the only land of opportunity for the dreamers and doers of our generation. I, I firmly believe that. I think anybody who starts a business anywhere else will regret it. I understand the need to be around family. I understand the need to, um, you know, be where you think is right for you. And I certainly understand wanting to be in a warmer climate, especially in the wintertime. But I also understand that the main principle of business is you have to make money. And if period. You, period. <laughs> yeah. And if your expenditures <clears throat> put you too far behind from the get-go, your return on investment is never going to be as strong as it could be versus you know our business model having maybe $500 a month in expenditures mm -hmm. says, okay, we could do this with two clients. Right. So when we get to 100 clients, our cash on hand is going to be enough to go to angel investors and take in a couple million dollars. Um, if you were in any other area and you had $2,000 a month, that's less money that you could put into growth. Um, and the name of the game in this market is always going to be traction. You have to be able to gain that traction, that momentum, or you're just going to be squashed. So... You know, if you're running the marathon, you want to be running the Youngstown Marathon, is the way I put it. And that's a great note to end on. Thanks, Brandon, for your time. And uh, we'll check in with you again sometime soon. And hopefully by that time, you'll be a millionaire and you can buy me a tea as opposed to me having to buy it myself. <laughs> cool. Thanks again. Yeah. Uh, you know, RJ, it was a pleasure. And uh, I appreciate that. In my defense, you were here before me. I would have at least bought you your tea. Let's not split hairs here. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone.